I appreciate the opportunity to preach. I'm going to try to do something I don't like to do. I never have preached, but I'm going to try to preach this morning. I preached about things without that, but in my Bible reading, I came through John chapter 8, and if you're there, I want you to follow along with me. I don't know, I might be 10 minutes, I might be 30 minutes. If I get out of John 8, I'm going to go to John 4 and then Luke 10. But uh, my son told me this morning, I told him when I was going to try to preach, he said, you ain't going to get to Luke 10 or John 4, either one. But anyway, we're in John chapter 8. Jesus is in the, been on the mountain in verse 1, and he's in the temple in verse number 2, early in the morning. He didn't come late, he came early in the morning, and he's in the temple, and they bring a woman to him caught in the act of adultery in chapter uh, 8, verse number 4. I'm going to preach the latter part of the chapter, but uh, I don't know if I'll get out of chapter 8 or not. Verse number 4, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Where was the man? Where was he? They turned him loose and was going to crucify her. Are you girls listening? They drug her in the temple and going to stone her, as Moses said, and let the man go free. He was probably up in Washington, D.C. on Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> All right. So they, uh, Jesus forgave the lady in verse number 11. She said, no, who condemns you? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That's what he told me the night he saved me. And that's what he spoke to you if you listen to him. Verse number 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I circled I am in verse number 12. Verse number 16, and yet if I judge, my judgment is not true, for I am. I circled I am in verse number 16. Verse number 18, I am. I circled I am in 18. And verse number 23, he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am. I circled I am. Let me start reading uh, in verse number 20. I, uh, John 8, 20. The Bible said, uh, These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. I wrote out beside of verse number 21, too late. <clears throat> you shall seek me, and you shall die in your sins. That don't fit a lot of preaching, but the Bible does say, Isaiah said in chapter 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. So you better seek for him when you can find him because there may come a day you get to seeking for him and you can't find him. Now if that's the Bible, it is 821. He said, and you shall uh, seek me and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. 22, that's not my message. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he said, whither I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am. There's another I am for you preacher boys. I am not of this world. 
Verse 24, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Verse 25, then said they unto him, Who art thou? I'm interested in that. Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. He said, I hadn't changed my message. I'm still preaching what I did preach. And I'm who I said I was. And they said, Well, who are you? He said, The same in verse 25. The same that I said unto you from the beginning. He told them in this chapter, Seven I am's pointing to the great I am. He said, I've told you seven times in this chapter, I am. But they didn't get that. Jesus was the I am that sent Moses down to Egyptian, uh, Egypt to talk to Pharaoh. He was a great I am. He's a li- I am the light of the world. I am the door, John 10, 9. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the, he's, uh, he's the I am, amen. Manifest in a body of flesh. 26. I have many things to say and to judge you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he. All these seven other I am, they point to verse number 28, uh, where he said, When you lift me up, that's the cross, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak those, these things. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Verse 30, and he spake these words, and many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. I've got a half a dozen messages I preach out of John chapter 8. There are disciples and then there are disciples indeed. After you get saved, you get in the word of God, you become a disciple indeed. You go on to maturity. You get your life straightened out and get full of the Holy Ghost and worship and pray and serve God. And then he said in verse number 31, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He'll set you free from anything that's got you bound this morning. If you listen to the word of God, he said he'll make you free indeed. Verse number 33, They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? They were in bondage to Rome. Rome had their thumb on the nation of Israel when they were telling him, we've never been in bondage. So they wouldn't be honest with him. They were liars, and he, he gets pretty strict with him here in just a little bit. Verse number 30, uh, 34. Jesus answered him, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's seed, I mark seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. 
Jesus said unto him, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he, uh, he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Then answered the Jews, and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan, and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye dishonor me. Now that's a lot of reading, and I don't know exactly where I'm going this morning. Like I said, I've never preached out of this text the way I want to try to preach it. Ask him to help me, would you? Father, Lord, I love you this morning, and I want to thank you for the amazing grace of God that reached even me, brought me up out of a horrible pit in the miry clay, set my feet on a rock, established my goings, and put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Thank you for letting us live in these last and perilous days of unthankfulness and ungodliness. And Father, we need you this morning for the unction and anointing uh, to preach the gospel that you've dealt with my heart about today. You know where we are. You know who would be here uh, before you ever hung the world on nothing. So I pray you'd use this preacher this morning. Speak to this congregation. Lord, somebody is about to wait too late. Somebody is going to die in their sin, seeking God, but you won't be there to help them. I pray they'd come today while the warm bloods are flowing in their veins and they've got their normal faculties about them. I pray they'd come to Calvary today and be saved by the grace of God. I pray you do a work here today. Thank you as we honor the dear pastor's wife. Bless her and these other ladies as well. May this be a great day for them, Lord. We'll love you now for all you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in reverence in the Word of God. I don't know exactly. You know, I study. And I've got an outline. I jotted down about three things this past week. And you can ask my wife. I have burned the candle at both ends trying to get ready to preach this morning. Reading through my Bible, I'm going to take my text out of verse number 48 of John chapter 8. Verse number 48. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast the devil. Look at Jesus' answer to verse number 48. Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye dishonor me. They accused him of two things in verse number 48. They accused him of having the devil, and they accused him of being a Samaritan. And he answered, preacher, in verse number 49, and said, I have not a devil, 
but I honor my father and you do dishonor me. He didn't uh, deny the fact, but he was, was, when they said you're a Samaritan, he didn't deny that. And so I began to, that jumped off the page at me, and I've been reading the Bible about 57 years. I'm a Bible student, and I study the Word of God daily. And I looked at that, and I said, well, I know he didn't have a devil in him, because he said he didn't, but he didn't even mention the fact that they said thou art a Samaritan. Here is what I got from studying John chapter number 8. They've been discussing, they asked him in verse number 25, they said unto him, who art thou? And he said, I've already told you. And he did tell them seven times down through this chapter, I am, I am, I am. And that's a great message to preach. Uh, Jesus, the great I am. Amen. And I'm not preaching that this morning. I'm interested in the fact that they called him a Samaritan. When they called him a Samaritan, that would be like cussing and mocking and blaspheming. Samaria, I looked up, did a little bit of studying on the kingdoms this week when God dealt with my heart about this message. Samaria, if you go back to 1 Kings chapter 16, you'll find out where Samaria come into existence. It was uh, bought on a bought a hillside, Omri, some of them back there, uh, bought a hillside and built that city of Samaria. And that when uh, God's kingdom, the nation of Israel, was divided, let me get my watch out so I'll know when to quit or when not to quit. Amen. And so they had the 12 tribes of Israel that was made, of course, of the 12 sons of Jacob. And you know that as well as I do. Eventually, that... Uh, those 12 tribes got separated and 10 of them were the northern tribes and two of them were the southern tribe. The northern tribes, the capital of the northern tribes was Samaria and the capital of the southern tribes was Jerusalem. I'm glad that... Uh, uh, president, uh, whatever his name was, moved the uh, capital from Tel Aviv back to Jerusalem where it's going to be during the uh, tribulation period and the millennial reign. Amen. That's how close we're getting to the coming of Jesus. But nevertheless, uh, Trump, that was his name. Amen. Cussing Trump's what I call him. Uh, but nevertheless, I like Harry Truman. But nevertheless, don't throw a rock at me. Amen. These uh, ten tribes are in the north. Two of them are in the south. Samaria's uh, up in the northern capital and you read through Kings and you'll find out Samaria got uh, besieged three or four, at least three or four times I read this week. Uh, the heathens would come up there, the Assyrians and different ones. That's where the lepers went out and found all the tents and all the good things they had to eat. That was one of the besieged when they besieged Samaria. And these heathens would come up and besiege Samaria and God would deliver them. Well, they'd go a few years and do the same thing again and God would have a nation come up there and besiege them and finally God got tired of messing with them like they said in this chapter, you'll seek me and not find me. Well, he got so wicked and ungodly that God just let them be run over by the heathen. That's Samaria. That's where the Samaritans came from and uh, all these different nations set up different gods in Samaria. All kinds of gods. Filthy 
filthy gods, uh, sexual gods, and all these different things they set up. And the people, the Jews that were in there, got mixed and mingled with all of those uh, heathens that came up there, and they became like were they were. You know, uh, uh, evil communications corrupt good manners, don't you? So leave that crowd alone. And nevertheless, they got so defiled and so mixed up that the two southern tribe they didn't want anything to do with him. You remember the woman at the well when John chapter 4, if I get time, we'll go there in just a moment. But she said the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritan. The Samaritans was a mixed breed. They were all mixed up and mingled up and the Jews wanted that bloodline to be pure and clean going clear down to David uh, would be king one day. And so this southern tribe despised and hated these northern tribes. And Jesus is teaching in the temple and that bunch of Jews in John chapter 8, they uh, got upset with him and they said, "You're we're not born of fornication. You're the one that was born of fornication. Your mother wasn't a virgin. She was uh, unfaithful and when she had betrothed to Joseph, uh, you're, a, you're a child of fornication. And they said, our father is Abraham. Jesus said, if your father was Abraham, you'd do the works of Abraham. Are you listening? Abraham was a tither. Abraham was a sacrificer. He gave the best he had in his son Isaac. Abraham was obedient. Go out into a land that I'll show you. Caught him out of the earth of the cow there. And so they said, well, uh, maybe we're not Abraham. There's Abraham's seed and Abraham's children in there. And I don't have time to mess with all that. Amen. But nevertheless, they said, well, God is our father. And Jesus said, if God was your father, you'd love me. Did you mark that? If God was your father, you'd love me. Here's what the Holy Ghost told me today and this week as I study. Everybody that gets saved by the grace of God and God becomes your father, he puts a love in your heart for Jesus. Romans 5, 5, I think it is. It said the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. I didn't love him before I met him. I didn't love him that night we went to a little old-fashioned church in the mountains of West Virginia. But I tell you, I was different when I left out of there. I was head over heels in love with Jesus. Amen. Here's what the Bible said. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I tasted that night, Pastor and it was love at first bite. I fell in love with him, praise God, and I've been in this book for about 57 years, and I love him more this morning than I've ever loved him in my life. Now some of y'all, won't, this won't register for you, but I've been married to that lady over there for 62 years, and I love her more this morning than I did when she was 16 years old. You say, well, I'm married to an old grouch. Well, you married her, put up with her, amen. I ain't got time to mess with her, and I don't mess with another man's wife. So amen right there. How you Here's what they said. Jesus said, Abraham's not your father. God's not your father. I'll tell you whose father, who your father is. You're of your father, the devil. He is a murderer from the beginning. He is a liar. There's no truth in him. And all those things Jesus said about the devil are true. Amen. And they got mad. 
Here's my message. They got mad at Jesus when he said, Abraham's not your father. God's not your father. The devil is your father. And the wrath swelled up in them and they said, you're a Samaritan. Now that was like cussing him. That was like blaspheming the Holy Son of God. They said, you're not the virgin-born Son of God. You've been born in fornication. Your mother wasn't faithful. You don't even know who your daddy is. And they may as well spit in his face and slap him when they said, thou art a Samaritan. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And I'll be honest with you, those disciples in John chapter 4, here's what Jesus said in John 4, 4. The Bible said he must needs go through Samaria. Those disciples said, Samaria? I've got to go to Samaria is what Jesus said. They said, Lord, Samaria? And they started down towards Samaria, going across the desert. And Jesus sat down there at Jacob's well. And those disciples looked one at another. They didn't like where they were. They didn't like where they was headed. They didn't like where Jesus was leading them. Now I'm preaching in between the line. That they, the Bible said, they uh, said, we're out of uh, provisions. we got to go to uh, get some uh, food and water and whatever we're going to get out here. And all 12 of them left the Son of God sitting on Jacob's well by himself. Did it take 12 to buy groceries? My wife goes to the store and come out three or four hundred dollars worth and carry them in her arms. Twelve grown men to carry girls. No, they didn't want to go to Samaria. They hated Samaria. They didn't want that mixed group. They didn't want to be associated with that outfit. They wanted to stay away from him. I'm glad Jesus changed that. And I never heard anybody preach about him being a Samaritan, but you listen to me just a little bit. Thou art a Samaritan. He didn't deny it. Let me jump ahead. Now I've got two points. If I was going to get this, the last one, let me get it first. That's usually the way my preaching ends up anyway. Amen. In Luke chapter 10, there's a certain man left Jerusalem going down to Jericho. You remember him? A man left Jerusalem on the hill going down, down to Jericho. Well, he fell among thieves. I know who those thieves are, and I got a message on those three thieves. Amen. But I don't have time to deal with it. But nevertheless, he fell among thieves, and they robbed him and stripped him of his raiment and left him half dead in the ditch on the side of the road. Well, the Bible said a priest come down in Luke 10. A priest came down that way and he passed by on the other side. He wouldn't cross the road to get an old sinner boy out of the ditch. Are you listening to me? He went by on the other side. I was full of zeal to hospital passing out gospel tracts and I was in the elevator and the door opened and this feller stepped in and he had his tie, had his collar around backwards. He was a rabbi or something. He stepped in there with me, and uh, I had a handful of dry. I said, here, buddy, let me give you a try. Son, the rat swelled up in his face. He said, I don't need your track. And he wanted that track up and jammed it down in my pocket. Well, I'm a calm feller. I don't, things don't upset me. 
And I said, sir, you do need a truck. You need to be born again. That door opened. He went out of that elevator like Moody's hound. He's like been scalded. He got out of there running hard as he could run. He didn't need that truck. I said, well, I really didn't need it either, but I'd like to give it to somebody else. And uh, he got upset at me for passing out a gospel truck, all right? That's that priest that went by on the other side in Luke 10 on the Jericho Road going down to Samaria and this old boy fell among thieves and then not only did the priest come by but a Levite came by. That's the ones that minister in the temple, all right? And that Levite, he stopped and looked at him and the Bible said they were all going down. Just like that boy got in the ditch going down. The priest was going down. The Levite was going down. I've heard preachers preach them going a different direction. But the Bible said down. Amen. Religion will take you down. Trying to work for your salvation will take you down the same road that this world is on. Going to hell and going to die without God. Are you listening to the preacher? Well, the priest, he didn't want anything to do with him because it already been robbed are you listening to me a lot of churches like to get in and get you in there if you got a lot of money if you got motorcycles to give away and all that stuff you know I rode a motorcycle for years ain't nobody ever give me one I like Harleys amen if I rode, a, I rode a Harley home one time, one of the minutes, and I, Lord have mercy. I love to come over here and preach. I'm a man in my church with a trucking company, and he, somebody pawned a motorcycle, let him hold a motorcycle, give him some money, and he said, Preacher, take that thing home with you and ride it for a week or so while till this fellow comes back and gets it. Well, he persuaded me, and I got on that Harley, and I, I rode it to the house. And when I drove up, she liked to have a coronary. Because I liked to got killed on one on October the 4th, 1967. I stuck it in the side of a 65 Ford Fairlane. Amen. And that's why I'm hobbling around. That's why I'm preaching up here in the pulpit. But nevertheless, uh, nobody's ever given me a Harley. But uh, that uh, priest, he didn't want anything to do with him. He didn't have any money to rob him of. And then that Levite, he is so busy, he didn't want to get over there in the ditch with that boy and get his Sunday school pen dirty. He had a Sunday school. I knew a man who went to church I preached to. He had a Sunday school pen, I'll guarantee you, it was 36 or 40 inches long. He'd been in Sunday school. It must have been in Sunday school for 80 years. That pen was perfect attendance, clear down nearly to the floor, and he walked around that Sunday school. He is more proud of that Sunday school pen than he was just Bible or Jesus or anybody else. So the Levite didn't have nothing to do with him. The priest didn't have nothing to do with him. You know who came by next? A good Samaritan. You know who that good Samaritan was? That good Samaritan was Jesus. 
That's why he didn't say in John chapter 8 that he wasn't a Samaritan. He was a Samaritan. You say, preacher, I thought Jesus was a Jew. He was a Jew. He is a Jew. And he's of the seed of David and Abraham and going clear back until God put him on this earth. But listen to me. He became what you were and became what I was that he might get us out of the ditch and save us by the grace of God. When they said thou art a Samaritan, they didn't get him upset. That was a that was they commended him and he that's the way he took it. They were blaspheming, mocking him and making fun of it. But I tell you, Jesus became what you were and became what I was, that we might become what he is. Preacher, I don't understand that well. Second Corinthians 5 21 says, God the Father hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What that is said, he became what I was, that I could become what he is. Amen. He became sin for me and clothed me in the righteousness of the Son of God. And when God sees me, he sees me through the blood of the Lamb. Spotless and pure and holy and just as righteous as Jesus is. My Pastor used to use, and I gotta quit here in a little bit. I don't want to. But my pastor said there was a there was an old black preacher named John Jasper. If you ever find a book of John Jasper, if y'all got one, save it for me, preacher. But John Jasper was a black preacher, and he died. And here it won't be like this, but here's what uh, he used this illustration. He said he died, and he went stand before the gate of heaven, and Saint Peter was sitting at the gate. Now that's, that's Catholicism stuff, and John Jasper just making a sermon illustration. But Peter said different ones was getting in, John did, letting different ones into heaven, and he came up and he was looking, and he said, what's your name? He said, John Jasper. John Jasper. John Jasper. John, I don't see nothing in here John Jasper get you into heaven. He said, you looking under the wrong name. Look under Jesus Christ. He said, John, if you're going to talk like that, get in here. I'm going in because of Jesus. I sure ain't going in on my looks, amen. I ain't going in on my works. And I ain't going in because I'm a rain. I'm going in because Jesus Christ took my sins away and became a Samaritan for me. Are you listening to me? I call him, he was a thoughtful Samaritan. Now I got two more points. I'm probably not going to get to them. But Jesus was a thoughtful Samaritan. He went to where the old boy was and got him out of the ditch poured in the oil and the wine, put him on his own beast, the beast that Jesus was riding on, and took him to an inn, a type of the church, and said, take care of him. And when give him two pence, when I come back, he said, if he owes you anything, I'll take care of that too. Two pence was two days' wages. One day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Those two pence about used up. And Jesus coming back to get us out of the end. That's the church. Amen. But God gave the responsibility for the end, the end church, to take care of sinners when they get saved. Tell them the truth, preacher. Love them. Tell them the truth. Speak the truth in love. Paul said to the church at Ephesus, love me and tell me the truth. Amen. 
That's like this boy's mama told him, said, no, you're going, this your first date? Said, you say, tell the truth and say something nice to your date. He went out with her. He said, uh, you don't sweat much to be so fat, do you? Are you listening to him? He told her the truth. Jesus, thou art a Samaritan. He didn't get mad at him. He said, you got a devil. You're a Samaritan. Now you look, leave it in his contact. They were as mad as a wet hen been shooed off a nest. Arguing about their father. He said, I've told you, I've told you, I've told you. From the beginning, I hadn't changed the message. I've told you who I am, what I came to do. They did not believe it. They did. Some did. Some believed. But most of them didn't. And Jesus got down to them and said, you're of your father, the devil. They said, yeah, and you're a Samaritan. He didn't deny that. I call him a thoughtful a Samaritan. When he was on the cross... I was on his mind. He was thinking about us. Are you listening? When he left the ivory palaces of glory and came into this world to be born in a cow stall, live in obscurity for 33 plus years, never travel over 250, 300 miles away from home, came unto his own, received and not, despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He had us on his mind when he did that. Are you He's a thoughtful Samaritan. You don't have to, you know the story in John chapter 4. They're going through the desert. Jesus stops at Jacob's well. And the Bible said there's a woman come up there. I believe it's about verse 4. And she came up there to draw water. She's the thirsty Samaritan. Listen to me. I'm winding it up. He's a thoughtful Samaritan. I must go through Samaria. So this Samaritan woman comes out to draw water in the heat of the day. She is a wicked and living such a sinful, wicked, ungodly life. The other ladies wouldn't have nothing to do with her. They don't draw water. You go back to Genesis, Rebecca and Isaac and all those drawing water. They draw water in the cool of the day. They don't draw water in the heat of the day. Jesus is sitting on the curbstone of Jacob's well in the heat of the day. And this neglected, rejected Samaritan woman with a thirst in her heart came to get a drink of water. And Jesus said, if you knew who you're talking to, you would ask him and he would give you a drink of water that you'd never have to thirst again. She said, evermore, Lord, give me a drink of that water. And I preach a message about her. She said, our father, Jake, she said, he said, I'll give, give, you, give me a drink. And she said, well, you don't have a bucket and you don't have a rope. How are you going to? She said, this well's deep. Our father, Jacob, she claimed religion. She claimed race. And she claimed romance. She'd been married five times, living with a man that wasn't her own. She had all of those things, but it never did quench a thirst in her heart. And these people listen, you're listening to me today. You've tried everything in the world. You may have tried a little church. You may have tried, well, I'll get baptized, see if that'll change me. You can get baptized till the tadpole knows your social security number, and it won't never change you a bit. But you get born again, you become a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Are you listening? 
She was a thirsty Samaritan. And everybody listen to me today. Before you got saved, you was thirsty for something and didn't know what it was. I thirsted 26 years of my life. And I tried to satisfy it in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And it never was satisfied. I met the most precious thing in my life other than Jesus, and that's my wife. She didn't calm that thirst that was in my heart. I thought it would, but it didn't. She's a good wife and a good mother and a good grandmother and a good great-grandmother. I hope we live long enough to be a great-great. Amen. I'll have to have a new body. I'm trying to close. But here's a thirsty Samaritan woman, and Jesus was accused of being like her. And I thought about this, preacher. When he was on the cross, he did cry, I thirst. So he was not only thoughtful, but he was thirsty. Then there's another one a thankful Samaritan. In the Gospel of Luke, uh, maybe chapter 17, don't quote me, but there was 10 lepers that got healed. You remember? Yes. 10 of them got healed of leprosy, a disease that was fatal, going to kill them. 10 of them were healed. Jesus said, go and be made whole, whatever disease you had. And they went, and as they were going, they were cleansed. And the Bible said one of them yes, turned around and said, thank you, Lord, for cleansing me. So they were Samaritans. You read that chapter. I believe it's 17. But uh, that's a thankful Samaritan. I'm glad uh, apparently the song leader prayed about the singing. You sung a song about being thankful. Then you sung a special about being thankful. The Bible said in 2 Timothy 3, This know also in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. We're living in the most unthankful generation that ever walked on the face of the earth. It's been months since some of y'all testified and stood up and said, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Church, I just preach, I just want to thank God for being so good to me. I thank him this morning I was able to get out of bed. I thank him I had a roof over my head and shoes on my feet and a shirt on my back and food on my table. I had a big breakfast this morning. I ate five mini-wheats. Up and a half a coffee. If I ate what I wanted, I'd weigh 400 pounds. I don't do anything but sit in my recliner. I don't leave all that stuff. Somebody said he puts a lot of stuff in between them points, doesn't he? Are you a thankful Samaritan? Are you thankful what he's done for you? Got a good family, got your health. There's enough money in this congregation right here this morning to buy me a new Harley. I don't want a motorcycle. I wouldn't, if you give me one, I, 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 couldn't, I wouldn't ride a Harley. I'm already crippled up, amen? And I'm trying to get your attention. Are you thankful for all your blessings? Thank you, dear Lord, for being so good to me when I was alone. You took me in your sweet family. You gave me new hope, said that I could live eternally. And with all my heart, thank you, Lord. God's been, I can quote you the hundred psalms. 
enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts of praise. Be thankful unto him. That's verse 4. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Get to be a thankful church, a thankful family, a thankful individual. God save me, preacher. 57 years ago, about, will be, I think, in December. My whole family, unless some of them got sick during the night, my about 13 or 14 of us, I think, now my immediate family, every one of them will be in church this morning, preaching, playing the instruments, singing the songs of Zion, teaching Sunday school, every one of them serving the Lord. How in the world could I stand here and not be thankful? I preached up at Little Ivy for Brother, whatever his name is, here a while back, and I told him how old I was, and that man after church, he said, you ain't no 82 years old. Well, that's what my driver's license said. That's what I go by. Probably listen to me. you got so much to be thankful for. Good church, good preacher. God's around here. If this ain't the Holy Ghost and I ain't enjoying the presence of the Lord, there's something bad wrong with me. So Jesus was a thoughtful Samaritan. He is a thirsty Samaritan. And he was a thankful Samaritan. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven, I thank you. He began to thank the Lord. If you'll find, I think I read where Jesus said thank you three times to the Father. And he said it more than that, but I think there's three of them recorded. Would you bow with me just a minute this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed? And pastor's going to come.